Welcome back, everybody, to your ex-boyfriend's podcast. This week, it is episode 35, and thank you for bearing with me with the gap in uh, production that we had last week. The weather was just too nice. I hope everybody can understand. Uh, Let me pull up what we're talking about this week. For some reason, I don't have it pulled up on my computer. (laughs) Uh, Whoa shit going crazy over here boom mic out of control okay uh uh what are we talking about (laughs) i just realized some gnarly typos here (laughs) okay episode 35 off to a great start this is wonderful (laughs) uh first of all the episode number 35 it's called Practical Application. I think that gives away what the episode is going to be about. But before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about some old business. First of all, I know two weeks ago I said I was going to have a coworker as a guest. That is currently on indefinite hold, just trying to line up schedules with somebody who has a family is, you know, challenging. So that is currently on hold. I think it will happen at some point. That's the plan right now, but we just don't have a schedule that works for the two of us. Not a big deal. Just FYI. Um, Hopefully, it'll come in the future. In other future episode news, we are still having, uh, or I should say planning to have my friend, the nurse, on the show. Currently, the tentative date is next weekend. The 1st of October, or or maybe it's the 2nd, um, but that is, is currently the, the plan. Oh, God, more typos. <laughs> if you have any questions for someone who was uh, working in the healthcare industry, who was working on the front lines during uh, the COVID-19 pandemic as a quote-unquote essential worker as a nurse um make sure you send those in sometime in the next week if all goes to plan she will be here uh on the show on the second so fingers crossed um so practical application episode 35 also i can't believe we're already on episode 35 how time flies when you're having fun (laughs) Uh, okay. What are we talking about? The concept of practical application. It's not really that confusing. It is. What are you actually doing on a day-to-day basis to practice the stuff that we talk about? The idea for this episode was born out of questions that I got from certain listeners, basically saying... Justice, how do you actually go and put this stuff into practice in your life? Like, we talk a lot about what these concepts are, um, where they come from. We do a lot of theorizing. We do a lot of thinking and discussion and understanding or trying to understand the why and the how and the who, the where, blah, 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 right? We have a lot of theory in this show. 
Uh, and I think, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's something, you know, a lot of these concepts are ones that many people haven't been exposed to that I myself wasn't exposed to for a long, long time. So in order to get better at something, I think you have to understand it. But it does beg the question, as many of these people reached out to me and and put forth, how do we actually take this knowledge and then apply it? So that's what this episode is about. It's not going to cover everything by any means. We've got 34 episodes of content before this one, and I cannot spend one episode talking about each and every one of them, how to you know put one foot in front of the other in your life. <laughs> but specifically in this episode, we're going to talk about some ones that some ideas that people reached out to me about and ones that I think are important, ones that I think could use some extra explanation, ones that I think that maybe I had you know, some amount of struggle putting into practice. So that's what this episode is. Because at the end of the day, you have to put this stuff into practice. It's great if you know the theory. It's great if you understand why you feel a certain way or where trauma came from or how to put up boundaries. Like knowing that stuff in a conceptual way is perfect. Like you got to start there. But when push comes to shove, you need to know how to practice, how to apply these things to your life. And that's what this episode is for. So, episode 35, Practical Application. No fun title. (laughs) The idea of practical application is one that I try to keep in the forefront. Whenever I am having uh, a conversation, a disagreement, a debate, an argument, you know, whatever... If it's coming down to, you know, a disagreement over concept, you know, that's one thing. But in life, as we all know, you have to be able to do something. You have to be able to move forward. You have to be able to hang your, uh, you have to be able to hang your hat on something and then go forward, right? It may not be right. You may have to adjust or renegotiate or whatever, but that's life, right? Life is action. If you just spend all your time thinking, you're not actually living. So to me, it's really important whenever you are considering any of these concepts or you are debating these concepts or you are in a disagreement with somebody about some of this stuff, you need to be able to put something into action and this is basically what that's for hopefully as we talk about this handful of of topics for this episode you can take what you've learned what we've discussed uh in the past 34 weeks or 34 episodes i should say and then combine that and actually maybe make some 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 changes some concrete 
adjustments to your life. For all of those who are asking about these things, thank you for bringing it up because I realize that in a lot of the episodes where I do talk about this stuff, I don't necessarily always put concrete action into the discussion. It's all, it can tend to be very theoretical. So thank you for um, prompting me to do this episode. You've seen me talk about concrete, um, you know, actionable things before. Way back, if you started listening in the beginning, in episode two, um, when we were talking about the autopilot, right? The idea that, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you may be thinking, okay, I've been living, just kind of going through the motions. I've been going down the path that was set out for me. I've been on autopilot. And I'd like to, you know, make a change. I realize that there's things that I could be doing better or I could be doing differently and I want to. In that episode, the concrete, you know, real life solutions, not solutions, the real life steps I put forward were, there were three of them. And by no means are they the only three, but I think they're very important for this idea for me. They were journaling, right? Writing down, um, speaking out loud, recording, whatever, getting these thoughts and emotions and conflicts um, out in the open, writing them down, saying them to somebody else, uh, recording them for your own, you know, posterity. In addition, there was therapy, right? Seeking the guidance of a professional an impartial judge as to your own experience and behavior and determining and hopefully living by or trying to live by what your core values are. We haven't really done a whole lot of that in the following episodes. That was unintentionally kind of an outlier um, in that I put forward, you know, three actionable things that I felt were important in order to turn that autopilot off. Um, you know, we talked about <laughs> journaling and therapy, right? Those, those two things very much tied together in that speaking something, getting something out, writing it down is the bridge to action. And thank you to Veronica for that term. You know, speaking something is the bridge to actually doing something about it. Um, and maybe that set set like a, a not an unrealistic, but a different intention, a different expectation for listeners of this podcast in which they thought that was going to be how I approached every topic or how every episode would end, you know, with actual things that they could do to um, practice what we are preaching. So maybe that's something that we could think about. If anybody thinks that's a good idea, you know, I should be ending every episode with, with uh, more concrete steps, let me know. Where was I going with this? <laughs> uh, so yeah, episode two, that's where we did sort of do this. Um, and in that spirit, I want to touch on, I don't know, three, four, five other episodes. I want to say f five, I think I have written down. Um, five other topics that I feel like deserve could do well with 
some actionable steps. And that's basically what this episode is for. So without further ado, let's just trudge right into it. Episode three, going also way back, we talked about uh, telling the truth. How everything that's worth doing is hard work. It's all the stuff that we talk about in this podcast is going to take effort and and strain and sweat and pain. And that was a good rhyme. <laughs> um, and above all, possibly for a lot of you, is the work, the hard work that is telling the truth. The hard work that is not abandoning yourself. The hard work that is not making yourself smaller or betraying yourself in order to fit in or to maintain relationship or to get ahead or to do anything, to not live truthfully to yourself. This may be the hardest thing. You know, the fact that it was episode three, I think, for me, is telling. It's one of the very first things that I wanted to talk about. And I feel like, aside from the introduction, which was just, you know, episode one, introducing what this podcast was going to be about, and episode two being the basically, hey, you want to make some changes, not necessarily pointing out what changes you want to make, but like, hey, you know, you're listening to this podcast because of whatever reason, something doesn't feel right, or you want to learn some stuff. Episode three was really the first episode in which I was like, okay, concrete, here you go. Anything that you need to do has to start with the truth. Anything that you want to change, anything about your life that you want to make better, anything about yourself that you want to improve has to start with the truth. Nothing you build in life is going to be sustainable unless it is built. On the truth. And then we talked about, if y'all remember, the whole let it burn concept. Any, anything that can be burned down by the truth should be allowed to burn. Um, I feel like this is so important, which is why I put it in episode three. And it is so simple, but it is also so difficult. But given that it is so difficult... I feel like it's pretty obvious, at least to me, hopefully to everybody, that this is your North Star. The action that goes with this concept is fairly simple to understand, but very difficult to master. And it is this. Anytime you are faced with a decision or a choice to say one thing or the other, do one thing or the other, act in some way, um, whatever the decision is, it needs to be truthful to yourself. It needs to be guided by what is right for you. If at any point you find yourself giving a partial truth, or some version of the truth that you think is more palatable, or an outright lie, if that's what you find yourself doing, behaving or 
or communicating just outright falsehoods, you're fucking up. (laughs) And I know this sounds, you know, easier said than done. It is. (laughs) I'll be honest. It is. But for this one, the concept of truth, the concept of being truthful to yourself is... It is just that. It is the dedication, the discipline, the mastery of not covering up the truth. I'm not lying. And it is tied to so many other things that we've talked about. It is tied to setting boundaries with other people. It is tied to maintaining those boundaries in a healthy way. It is tied to over-functioning in relationship and trying to manage other people's experience and trying to exert control over things that you have no control over. It is tied to communicating, understanding, first of all, and communicating your needs. It is tied to almost, if not 100% of everything that we've talked about. It is your North Star. If you cannot tell the truth to yourself and by proxy tell the truth to others, you're not you're not going to find success. That is what you have to start with. And we all have been guilty of this at some point or another. We all have been taught that suppressing the truth or giving a more palatable palatable version of the truth to life is what gets you ahead. It's what gets you to a place of comfort or a place of ease or, you know, it keeps you from being hurt, keeps you safe from pain or safe from ridicule or part of the community, part of the herd, right? And as we are all seeing now, hopefully everybody who listens to this podcast is on the same page That doesn't work. If you're not starting with the truth, you're starting with nothing. That would be the actionable thing for me. If you cannot literally tell yourself the truth, start there. That's what you need to work on. Tell yourself the truth. Okay, next one. In episode five, we talked about friends. We talked about building community. A lot of questions that I have got, and this is a question that I have had certainly uh, before, is how do you make friends? How do you make meaningful platonic connection with other people? It's a very real issue (laughs) I know I've struggled with, and I see a lot of people struggle with. Certainly the COVID-19 pandemic hurt those efforts immensely for any type of connection, not just friendship. You know, the pandemic was just awful for all types of, you know, interpersonal relationship. But say you're looking for friends, you're looking to build a community. What do you do? What exactly are the steps? I think the most important thing that you can keep in mind and that you can practice when you are trying to do these things, when you are trying to make friends is to give of yourself. 
give your time and your energy and your presence. Um, the actor Shia LaBeouf, actually, I saw an interview with him recently. Um, and I don't know, I'm guessing he didn't come up with this term, but he called it the ministry of presence being available, making yourself available to those that you would build community with being present for others that you care about, even without doing anything else, just saying, I'm here if you need me. That does so much. That goes such a long way towards building lasting relationship. Because at the end of the day, everybody wants to be able to count on somebody else, right? We want somebody to rely on. We want somebody to be there when we need them to understand when we're hurt and to help us treat that pain. We want somebody to give us their presence. And sometimes that's all you have to do. Just be there. If you want to build friendships, if you want to build community, reach out. We actually talked about this with Veronica um, when we were talking about how building and maintaining friendships relates to building and maintaining romantic relationships. The act of literally just reaching out on a semi-regular basis via text or via phone call or email or whatever, it doesn't matter. The act of reaching out and saying, hey, I'm thinking about you or hey, I thought you'd like this fucking meme. <laughs> Anything really is just all it takes sometimes to say, I'm still part of your circle. I still want to be a part of your life. I want to keep lines of communication open. It is being present. It is being available. So if you're looking to build friendships, if you're trying to be a part of a community or build your own, if you are trying to maintain interpersonal relationship, give of yourself, give the gift of your presence, be available. That's what I would say for that. Moving on. In episode 18, we talked about vulnerability. We talked about how in order to build meaningful relationship, in order to have people in your life that you want to be in your life, there is a certain amount of vulnerability that you have to cultivate with yourself. You have to be able to be soft. You have to open your defenses up. up. You have to be able to be open, to be afraid in front of other people, even when you're scared to get hurt. And that being the key, you're scared to get hurt, so you don't want to be vulnerable. That is exactly when you need to be vulnerable because hurt is inevitable. Pain, suffering, it is a part of life. And to act like it isn't is folly. It's ridiculous. In order to build lasting, meaningful relationship, you have to be vulnerable. You have to show the other person that you're human, that you share the same fears, 
and you share the same response to pain and you share the same tears, right? The solution, the actionable thing here is to practice doing that, to be sad in front of others, to be scared in front of others. Say when you're afraid in any situation, whether that could be with your friends or with your family or with your coworkers, whatever. Say when you're afraid. Tell them when you're uncertain. Let people know that you're nervous. Why? Because everyone is scared, okay? Everyone is nervous about some shit that you probably are nervous about as well. Everyone is anxious. Your coworkers are anxious about getting fired when layoffs are going around. Your family is is scared that grandma and grandpa are going to die, right? Your significant other is nervous that you don't like them as much as they like you. They're nervous to be, you know, open with with someone because their ex hurt them, right? Everybody has got shit going on. And most likely you've experienced some of the same stuff that they have. Guess what? It is so much easier to bear these weights with other people, okay? We've talked about on this podcast before the idea that misery loves company. And then we extrapolated out of that every emotion, every feeling loves company because humans are social creatures, humans are pack animals. And we want reassurance and the knowledge that we're not alone. We want to look around us and see that we are experiencing the same thing, that our reaction makes sense, that we're not alone in our fear or our shame or our guilt or our uncertainty, our embarrassment, And guess what? You're not. (laughs) You're not alone. So you have to communicate that. So when we talk about being vulnerable, when we talk about how important vulnerability is to, to building relationship, the solution is practice. And it's not one, you know, it's not one mon- monumental fucking action that just lets everybody know, oh, hey, Justice is down to feel. <laughs> He's down to cry. It is a regular practiced thing. They, the people in your life need to see the pattern, right? So be scared. Cry in front of your friends. God, I can. good example. I think I've talked about before. At my last apartment, we had a coworker whose daughter died from COVID. And for context, this coworker was probably the nicest guy in the department. And his daughter was younger than me. His daughter was like 26. And she died from COVID. That shit broke up a bunch of like 30, 40, 50, 60 year old men. And we construction workers, we maintenance people, trades people, we get a rap for, you know, being crusty and not being able to feel and being stupid. And, you know, just if you can picture like 
someone who can't emote. <laughs> it was most of the people in this department. You know, me being a part of that and trying to do a lot of these things that I preach, a lot of these things that we talk about in this podcast, I couldn't just sit around and act like I wasn't sad. I couldn't just sit around and act like that wasn't affecting everybody in the shop because I know we were all sad. It was guaranteed, you know, for a good, I don't want to say friend because maybe that's going a little far, but close to a friend of ours losing a daughter that young, right? So I all I did was say, I'm sad. That hurt. That hit me where I live. And you know, when I walked into work that day and I found out what happened, like the first thing I had to do was just go outside and compose myself, shed a couple of tears for this family that had lost. And then go back in and and say that shit. Like, I'm hurting and I think everybody around me is hurting. Can we just, you know, be okay with that? Can we just hurt together? Because I don't want to do it alone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's my take on vulnerability. <sighs> Moving on. In episode 23, we talked about uh, experience without expectation. And in episode 31... We talked about overfunctioning, and those two episodes were very closely tied together. Twenty-three being about understanding that you cannot be tied to outcomes. Your emotional state cannot be tied to outcomes. There is plenty of life that is not going to go how you want it to go, and it does not detract from the quality, from the meaningfulness that is even a word of the experience you can still derive positivity <laughs> from experience that doesn't go how you expect it to go and episode 31 being about letting go of control you cannot control other people's thoughts actions behaviors words and the idea that you can and the idea that there are certain things that you can or can't do in order to manipulate that stuff isn't going to work out. What I think both of these episodes were about is the simple concept that you can't control shit. <laughs> you cannot control anything outside of yourself, outside of your thoughts, your words, your actions, everything else is up to the universe. It's going to do what it's going to do. Other people are going to do and think and say whatever they want. And you have to let go of any idea that is contrary to that. And just for funsies, it reminds me of the quote, uh, which, damn, I actually can't remember who this is by, so forgive me, but part of true love is the relinquishing of any notion of control. You cannot love somebody and try to control them at the same time. That just doesn't work. They're two opposing concepts. And I feel like, you know, we can 
stretch that out to any relationship. You cannot have healthy relationship with anybody and simultaneously think that you can control outcomes with them. And you cannot have healthy relationship with anything and be tied, have your emotional state tied to whatever it is that you want. Because as we all know, we don't always get what we want. We don't always succeed. Failure is guaranteed and you just have to learn to live with it. So what is the plan? What do we do? How do we move forward with that? With that knowledge that, yeah, shit's going to suck sometimes. We get better at being okay with this idea by trying and failing. By trying and having these things go wrong. Failure with a capital F. Okay? The more you try and fail, the more comfortable you are with failure. This is key. The more you have things go contrary to what you want, the more you have people disappoint you and not listen and not agree, the better you will get at being okay with it. (laughs) And I know none of us want that, right? Like that is all counterintuitive to what we've been taught, to how we've learned, to how how we have grown up. Like we want to be liked. We want to be in consensus. We want to have things be easy. Well, if you've been listening to 35 episodes of this podcast, you know that that doesn't work. The easy is not sustainable. The easy does not build quality so learning to experience life without being attached to your own expectations and learning to build healthy relationships with people without relying on any idea of controlling their thoughts or behaviors requires you to practice (laughs) it requires you to go out there and try these things and fail at them. And once you realize that things are going to not go the way you want them to go, that people are going to do the things that you don't want them to do, once you realize that that is a guarantee, that that is going to happen whether you like it or not, at that point, you can move forward with, okay, well, how do I react? How do I still enjoy this experience? even if it didn't go how I wanted wanted it to go? How do I still derive positivity from this? How do I learn something? How do I let this person know I love them even though they disappointed me? How do I show up and support this person even though they hurt me? These things are guaranteed. I can't say that enough. You're going to get hurt. You're going to feel pain. You're going to fail. And that's okay. There's my catchphrase, and that's okay. You're going to move on, and you're going to try again, and hopefully get better. That is the actionable plan. That is what you do. And then last of all, not in any particular order. I don't feel like this is, this list was kind of all over the place. It was chronological. There is that. 
the last thing that I've gotten some questions about that I've actually had discussion about um, was the quiet quitting thing. The uh, not doing more than your job. So a lot of people equate, and I blame the term quiet quitting, which is in itself negative. Um, a lot of people equate this idea of quiet quitting with not doing your job, like doing a substandard job at work, doing less than the minimum. And in reality, it is exactly the opposite. <laughs> the idea of quiet quitting is about... Ex ah, it's doing exactly your job. It is doing precisely what is required of you. It's the idea that you should be meeting every standard. You should be amazing at whatever your job is. And by amazing, I mean nobody could, you know, pick out something that you were doing wrong. You'd be above reproach. Be as close to perfect as you can with whatever your job is within the confines of that job, within the definition of whatever position it is you have, be the best. You cannot be criticized for doing that. It's not going above and beyond. It's meeting the standards. And I say to do this because you cannot criticize management. You cannot criticize your employer, the owner, whatever, the processes, the standards. You cannot criticize if you do not meet the standards that are set. Like there is very few exceptions. Maybe the standards are unsafe or maybe they are completely ineffective, right? There can be standards and rules and job requirements that just don't make sense. But beyond that, if you are not meeting your minimum standards, your minimum reasonable standards for your job, you don't get to say shit. Quiet quitting is holding yourself accountable to the standard and then demanding that management do the same. Demanding that they meet you at the standard. Quiet quitting is, as we have discussed, it's not allowing yourself to be taken advantage of, but on the flip side of that, not allowing yourself to turn into a pile of shit. <laughs> because nobody wants to hear from you at that point. Because All of your arguments can be dismissed. All of your arguments and complaints and reasonable questions can be dismissed by the simple phrase of, well, they don't even fucking do their job. So they don't get to say shit, right? It's the same idea that you can be right, but if you're an asshole, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> you could be the most correct asshole and you're still going to be wrong to the people around you because nobody wants to listen. So quiet quitting. It's a terrible term and it really should be called doing your job. Like, let's call it that, doing your fucking job. <laughs> and really, that's what we want from everybody. Like, if you break it down all the way to what management wants and what labor wants, we just want the other party to do their job. 
management wants reliable, consistent production from labor. And labor wants reliable, consistent leadership and guidance from management. It is not that hard. (laughs) Okay. There is this whole idea in social media that quiet quitting is about like, oh, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to skate by and, you know, get fired or whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, we're all on the same page that that sucks. That isn't good for anybody. Nobody thinks that the slacker, the fucking do nothing is in the right. That's not quite quitting. (laughs) That's not doing your fucking job. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Last of all, and wow, I just realized we're chugging up on 43 minutes here. I did not think this episode was going to go this long. Uh, Last of all, what I want to put forth, what I want to leave everybody with is this. Above everything else, I think, the actionable, concrete ideas that you can put into practice in your everyday life is be willing to learn. Be willing to to be wrong. Let go of your self-righteousness and admit that you need to learn some stuff, (laughs) okay? Sucking at something is the first step to being good at something. And I'd like to shout out to Adventure Time because that show is amazing. Thank you, Finn, (laughs) for saying, oh, wait, no, it wasn't Finn. Who was it? I think it was Jake, (laughs) Jake the dog. Sucking at something is the first step to being good at something. You have to be okay with being wrong. You have to be okay with being corrected. You have to be okay with apologizing when you make mistakes. Self-righteousness is the inability to be wrong. And if you can't be wrong, if you are unable to be wrong, then you cannot change. And I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you want to make a change. On that note, we're going to go ahead and leave it there. So if I have any more questions about what do I actually do, what do we practice with any topics in this episode or others, as always, you can reach out to me. I am always open to communication. Email me, yourexbfpodcast at gmail.com. Hit me on Instagram at your underscore exbf underscore podcast. Text me if you have my number. Call me. Drive to my house and knock on my door. Whatever. I will address any questions you have in future episodes. Also be looking forward to um, interviews with co-workers of mine and as we talked about at the beginning of this episode a uh, nurse any questions for them also please reach out i'm always open to what my listeners want to hear other than that stay safe out there catch me next sunday and take care <laughs>